How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to Valley Vibes Behind the Blue Sox. This is episode six, where we will be talking about the All-Star Game. My name is David Azer, alongside Nick Freitas. Nick, how we doing? Doing great. We got a great show in store for you guys today. Yeah, definitely. So we had the privilege of attending the All-Star Game on Sunday at Fraser Field in Lynn, Massachusetts, which was a great time. Right, Nick? Yeah, it was a blast. Yeah, it was super fun just to be able to see all of the talent that has culminated in this league this year and also just in the history of this league, a testament to everything that's been going on lately. But the Blue Sox had three All-Stars. We saw all of them make an appearance in this game, and all of them play pretty well. Yeah, definitely, and we'll be getting into that a little bit later today, but it was just a great time, great atmosphere, and the players really showed out at the All-Star game. Yeah, definitely. So we will touch on that later in the show. But first, we have a bunch of games to recap and talk about from this past week and a half that since we have last checked in. So the Blue Sox are now at 20-17-2. and two. I believe they are half a game up on the Danbury Westerners. Um, that could change later tonight because the Westerners are playing the Bristol Blues So we'll see if the Westerners do beat the Blues. They will be either in first place or tied for first place um, in the West Division. So we'll see how that pans out. But the Blue Sox in in a pretty good spot as of right now to make the playoffs, see if they can win the West Division. But they are in a pretty good spot to lock in a wild card spot there as well. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be a very competitive stretch this final week as we get into our last games. Yeah, all of the last games. The games in the last week will be against division opponents. We've sort of seen that before the All-Star break as well. The last few games before the break were also against division opponents. So a big chance for the Blue Sox to kind of solidify themselves in this West division. And that could go either way. We'll see how it pans out. But the Blue Sox in a good spot right now after this past week of games, which saw a lot of walk-offs at McKenzie Stadium. I think we saw at least three. Yeah, I mean, everybody that I talk to, I just say that it's more than expected at this point that yeah. the Blue Sox will have great situational hitting and walk the game off because they did have at least two or three. They definitely had one against North Adams that yeah. I do remember on Saturday in which they came back from three runs <laughs> in the bottom of the ninth. And I don't think anyone was worried in McKenzie Stadium that the Blue Sox would pull it off. <laughs> yeah, that, this is just what we've come to expect, like Nick said. The Blue Sox have been putting themselves in great positions in these tight games to come back either in the bottom of the ninth or earlier in the game coming back. Um, we've seen on the broadcast a bunch that Andrew White has been saying, the Blue Sox have not been first to take the lead in many of these games in the past month or so. They've, they've been playing from behind a lot, which usually isn't a recipe for success, but for the Blue Sox, it hasn't seemed to matter much at all. They, they've had a winning record in the past week or so, and yet yeah, it doesn't seem like it bothers them playing from behind. They're, they've been really clutch. The lineup has been working really one through nine in, in putting across runs, and that's what we've seen lately. That's been really a recipe for success for them. Yeah, the Blue Sox are also undefeated still in extra innings, the only team in the league to be undefeated after beating the Mystic Valley Schooners on Thursday in our kind of unconventional doubleheader where yeah. we had a game at 1230 and then a game against North Adams at 635. But the Blue Sox still remain undefeated in extra innings, which just goes to show how they can translate to the playoffs. Yeah, 
Yeah, and that, fight hard. that'll be super important in the playoffs, being able to get that situational hitting when you really need it, especially in crunch time in the playoffs where you can't really afford to make mistakes. So that will be a huge – it's a huge good sign right now, and we'll see how it pans out later in the year. But as Nick was saying, that last Thursday – we saw that unconventional doubleheader with the Mystic Schooners at 12.30. And then later in the day at 6.30, we played the North Adams Steeplecats. Both of those games resulted in walk-off wins for the Blue Sox. The Schooners, that game was started on July 9th and was rained out, and I believe, the bottom of the second inning. Um, and play resumed like two weeks later with the same lineups and same starters, I believe. I know Ben Roberts was on the mound for the Blue Sox again, as he was when the game got rained out. So on the stat sheet, he ended up having like 120 pitches or something, <laughs> which, which technically was true, but obviously it was across two weeks, so it didn't really matter. But still still pretty funny there. Yeah, that 12-30 game was actually really fun. I got the opportunity to hop on the broadcast and <laughs> work the cameras a little bit, something that I haven't had a lot of experience in. So that was definitely really fun. I got to flipped the cameras for EJ Kreutzman's walk-off, which was actually a walk-off home run, one of the few home runs that we've seen at McKenzie Stadium. Yeah, I think only the the second or third home run there. I know Zach Ketterman hit one, and EJ Kreutzman, obviously the walk-off homer, was super impressive, really, when you needed it. I think there were two outs in the inning as well. The Blue Sox had tied the game, but Kreutzman hit a solo shot to win the game for the Blue Sox and didn't force extra innings, which... The team has had a lot of success in extra innings, but obviously you don't want to get there. You have to use more arms and everything. So pretty convenient that he was able to do it there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Andrew White was saying he couldn't see it off the bat in live. I don't know if what you saw live, but from the broadcast, it was just off the bat. It You could tell that it was out of the ballpark. Yeah, I, I'm, I was kind of with Andrew there. I, I knew it was either a double or it was out of the park. To me, it looked a little bit short just to get over the super high walls in right field at McKenzie Stadium, but obviously more than happy it went out and that, that sealed the deal for them and really set the tone for the rest of the, the, the rest of the doubleheader there, which has been kind of a trend for the Blue Sox walking it off in the first game and then kind of riding that momentum into the second game. We saw that with both the Vermont Mountaineers and the Upper Valley Nighthawks in those doubleheaders. And it worked out even against a different team, the North Adams Steeplecats. The Blue Sox were able to get the win there as well. Yeah, big shout out to Andrew White on that home run call. That was incredible. Yeah, that was electric. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, now we have a few more games to get into neck from last week. Um, we, did we want to start with the Newport Gulls game? Yeah, I did want to touch on the Newport Gulls because it was a loss for the Blue Sox. However, there are some positives to be taken from that game. The Blue Sox were down 5-2-3, I believe, at least a couple of runs. Yeah. And it looked like they were just down and out in that game, and they just completely battled back and tied the game. Now, Newport did win the game 8-5, to but it just goes to show that the Blue Sox do not give up when they are down and out. Yeah, yeah. Normally, teams would kind of pack it in and just be like, okay, today's not our day. Let's move on and try to see something positive that we can take into tomorrow. But the Blue Sox haven't been like that all year, even when they're down early, like we've seen a lot in the past few weeks. They just are never out of these games. You can't count them out. You don't really lose confidence in this lineup anymore because you're just so used to seeing them come back that it's like, yeah, maybe we're down three, four runs early, but I have nothing but the utmost confidence that, that this team can come back. 
yeah, it's especially great to see with against the best team in the league still yeah. does not have double digit losses and a potential playoff matchup that we could see yeah. as we get closer. Yeah, the goals have all but solidified themselves in that one seed, the best record in the league. Doesn't look like anyone's going to catch them, but the Blue Sox have the chance to take the division lead still and get that three seed, probably the three seed. The two seed seems to be locked down pretty comfortably by the Vermont Mountaineers in the North division, but obviously a division win, super important and super huge in getting that confidence into this club as they head into the playoffs. Yeah, I did also want to touch on the playoff picture. I believe we got it a bit wrong last time. Yeah. So the first series will start on July 31st, which will be a three-game wildcard series, which will span until August 2nd. Mm -hmm. And then the first round of the playoffs, technically, will start on August 3rd and go until the 6th or the 5th, I believe three games as well and then the championship series will also be three games so three three game series for all the all of the teams that will remain in the playoffs yeah and I think that's important to touch on too is that all of these are three game series and anything can happen you know the records don't matter a whole lot in the playoffs it really matters if a team is riding hot anyone can beat anyone in a three game series it's really about who's feeling it at the right moment and the Newport goals we've seen aren't untouchable. The Blue Sox, like Nick said earlier, were, the Blue Sox were able to come back against the goals in being down four to nothing early, I believe. So anything can happen. I'm excited. And the playoffs is just the time to see kind of the culmination of how hard this team has worked up to this point. Yeah, I mean, being a Boston Bruins fan, <laughs> unfortunately, we did see it with them in the first round. They got bounced with, by the Florida Panthers, so... Really, anything could happen in the playoffs, and it's very exciting to watch. Yeah, similar to the Bruins, the Gulls have the best record in the league, and we could see a potential upset there. Obviously, not going <laughs> not gonna to solidify that right now. But yeah, just to say anything can happen, and we're looking forward to it. Um, is there any other games we want to touch on from the past week? Uh, overall, I just think that the Blue Sox have done a great job staying in that one seed for the time being. I don't want to jinx anything, but they have just done a great job taking care of business. Yeah, and super important as you head into these divisional matchups, we will see the Blues a few more times, which will be huge games. The Blues staying right neck and neck with the Blue Sox and the Westerners for that division lead. Um, I also want to touch on the Blue Sox versus Blues game from the 21st that ended in a tie through seven innings because of the light troubles at Muzzy Field. Yeah, uh, the Bristol Blues, I believe, did say that they had their light situation all fixed. Me and David were watching the game. It was actually a very, very intense game. Yeah. Heat of the rivalry, the division lead was on the line, and the light just went out in the eighth inning, and yeah. you could not even see the left fielder. The left, So I can't even imagine what the left fielder could see in yeah. live time, try and look for a fly ball. Yeah, but just watching the broadcast, it was clear that it probably shouldn't be played any more than it has been, and that's kind of what happened. A.J. Guerrero hit a single into left field that was just lost in the darkness <laughs> out there, and then the umpires and coaches ultimately met and made the decision to end the game in a tie. That is the second tie from a 
a light problem at Muzzy Field for the Blues. Blues actually have four ties on the year right now. But, yeah, we'll see if that plays any role in the division race upcoming with all the ties that we've seen between these teams. Um, But the Blue Sox have been playing the Blues very well, and the Westerners, too. We have one more matchup against them later this week. So we'll see how it pans out. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to the coaches and the umpires for putting player safety first yes. over everything else because that's truly what we want in the NECBL as it is summer ball yeah. and we are just here to have fun. Absolutely, yeah. Keeping these players safe and comfortable heading into their college seasons is the most important thing, like Nick said. So obviously the tie isn't the result you may have hoped, but everyone's okay. And, you know, that's the most important thing. So we did have a few more games before the All-Star break. So the Blue Sox played the Steeple Cats again. And this was another walk-off. The Blue Sox were down 7-5, to five, heading into the bottom of the ninth, ended up scoring three runs to win the game in the bottom of the ninth. Another crazy just clutch moment that we've seen all year from this team. Yeah, I just... I vividly remember talking to other interns and our GM, Tyler, and just saying how I was not worried because the Blue Sox time and time again just show that they are made for these situations. I believe there was a hit and then a walk, and then the bases got loaded. And, you know, right when the bases were loaded, you just knew that someone was going to get a situational hit to drive the runs in. Yeah, just to take you through this bottom of the ninth, like Nick said, A.J. Guerrero led off with a single, E.J. Kreutzman took a walk, and then C.J. Willis also walked to make the bases loaded. Collier Cranford popped out, and then Michael Zarillo pinch hit. And the first pitch he saw, he sent it up the middle. I believe it was a broken bat, but the ball went pretty far into uh, center field through the middle of the infield to score two runs. Then Mason Wolf stepped up to the plate. I believe it was runners on the corners. And he hit an RBI single to score C.J. Willis and win the game for them. So just another impressive another impressive run here from the Blue Sox being able to come back from being down two runs with only three outs to work with. Yeah, the McKenzie Stadium faithful has definitely gotten some great showings from the Blue Sox as of late. Yeah, I think there have been six walk-offs at McKenzie Stadium. So the fans who have been coming out have been seeing a great product on the field there and a bunch of clutch moments that really... You're never expecting to see a walk-off, but now we're kind of expecting to see a walk-off with with six different walk-offs up to this point and a few games left at McKenzie Stadium. Definitely wouldn't be surprised to see another one there. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Michael Zarrillo, I think it's a great time to segue into the All-Star game. Me and David were actually at the game sitting with our president, Matt Drury, our GM, Tyler Deschanel. Excuse me if I said that wrong, Tyler. And <laughs> our friends Andrew and Sophia, who are also other interns, and it was a great time. Anyway, my point was Michael Zarello just had an absolutely phenomenal home run derby. He yeah. made it to the finals. He had seven home runs in the first round, I believe. He was just knocking the ball all over, and it was just a great showing from him. Yes, we would be remiss if we didn't touch on the home run derby there we didn't really cover it in the all-star coverage that you'll see or that you'll hear in a little bit but Zerillo had a great time at the plate at the home run derby like Nick said I believe it was seven or eight home runs in the first round advancing to the finals and he 
we, we could see he was pretty tired after that first round. I think he only hit two home runs in the finals. So didn't end up winning the whole thing, but just an awesome, t- awesome thing to see from Zerillo. He also is a switch hitter. He ended up batting from both sides. A little bit of an Adley Rutschman-esque thing there. That was super cool. I was going to mention that because I did film the live video of Michael Zerillo <laughs> yeah. taking the home run derby swings, and I was on the... I guess you could call it the left side of the batter's box where righties would bat from so we can get a good shot. And then he switched to the <laughs> other side. So as he switched, I had to run around so we could get a good shot. And it was pretty funny to see if you were on the live video. I know there were a few players on there and a few other fans as well. Yeah, making making Nick do a little bit of a track meet there <laughs> to make sure he's getting the good shots there. But Now that transitions nicely into our all-star coverage where we did touch on the three all-stars that the Blue Sox had at this game, Zach Cameron, Michael Weidinger, and EJ Kreutzman. So we have this for you guys to listen to right now. All right, we are here at historic Frazier Field for the 2023 NECBL All-Star Game. It is currently the bottom of the second inning and our Valley Blue Sox own Zach Cameron. It's taking the mound. Nick, how we doing? Good. I'm really excited to see Zach take the mound. Uh, it's actually the first Blue Sox to take the field other than Zarillo in the home run derby, who actually made it to the finals, and it was very entertaining to watch. Yeah, that was impressive from him. I, I think he hit seven or eight home runs in the first round to advance to the second round. Kind of cooled down. Looked like he was definitely a bit tired there in the second round, but hey. Making that semifinals is is no slouch there. That was impressive. Yeah, definitely very cool to see. I actually got the opportunity to go on the field and start a live video for the social media. So it's something that I haven't done yet this season, but it was very, very fun. Yeah, that was cool. I was also on the field, kind of just taking in the atmosphere. I also want to mention that I told Nick I was going to save this on, on air. I went, walking into this stadium, I actually realized that I played here in high school and... Uh, I was a bench warmer in high school, an outfielder slash first baseman. Didn't see a lot of time, but this was one of my only hits was at Frazier Field. Fun fact, it was a line drive single through the middle of the infield. So, yeah, pretty cool. And I, I'm going to I'm gonna hype myself up there. Yeah, <laughs> that's the reason why we're interns for a baseball team, you know, because we weren't the best players back in high school and <laughs> we couldn't make it to college. But we love working for the team, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see how – let's see how Cameron – does here taking his first stops first pitch looks to be a good one but it's a little inside goes for a ball Cameron all year though in high leverage situations I think he has like a 1-5 ERA right now super impressive every single time in extra innings or in, in tight spots Cameron came in and shut the opposing team down that's a strike there's a good one, one, one yeah. count. Nick, how has the atmosphere been here so far? There's actually a lot of people here, more than I would think would be here. It's, the stands are pretty packed. The energy is just way, way up, and the players are just having a good time. They're all talking to each other. They're all getting to know each other a little bit better. They already have known each other for a little bit. A lot of these teams are in the same division have played each other a few times this year, but... It's just a really fun atmosphere here at Fraser Field. Yeah, all-star games are always cool, and that must have been a hit-by-pitch there. Looked like a hit-by-pitch, yeah. So, yeah, one runner on for Cameron right now. See if he can get out of it here. But 
Yeah, the atmosphere is really cool. It's just like you said, like all the players interacting, and and we talked about it earlier. Nick was saying how, yeah, all these players coming into the year, coming from colleges, they they didn't even know their own teammates. Now they're meshing with their own teammates, and now to come to the All Star game, it's a whole different team again. So, <laughs> you know, a lot of going around like that. Oh, that's there's a nice catch by the second baseman. He will double up the runner on hey. first as Cameron has two outs in the bottom of the second. We love to see that from Zach Cameron getting a double play to get out of a little bit of a jam there with the runner on first. Now two outs. See if he can get technically a one-two-three inning here. Yeah, he's looking really good out the gates. Yeah. I think also Michael Weidinger will be in, I believe it's the sixth inning or so. So, yeah. And I assume EJ Kreutzman will check in at some point, the other all-star for the Blue Sox. There's a strike. Frazier Field is very, very interesting. I did work here last season. How at the night games, the sun kind of rotates behind the backstop. So you kind of see the fans moving with the shade behind the backstop and migrating as the sun migrates yeah we we kind of did that too we we started out pretty close behind home plate sun kind of crept its way up and then now we're kind of hunkering down under the shade so <laughs> kind of funny how that works that's a ball so one and, cameron has looked very very good though he has he's been pounding the strike zone i think it's a one and two count right now two outs yeah there it is also, I'm not sure if we mentioned the Western All-Stars are up one nothing, one yes. zero. We love to see that. The Valley Blue Sox, of course, in the West Division. That was, that was a close <laughs> That was taken for a ball. That was probably as close to a strike as it could be, I guess. I, guess I would we'll like go. to check the track man on that. Ball. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll have to get Brian on that. <laughs> That's hit. That is hit to the second baseman who throws on to first for the out, and Zach Cameron gets a 1-2-3 inning with no damage done in the bottom of the second. Yeah, clean inning from Cameron there. Very impressive. What, what we've come to expect from Zach Cameron out of Niagara University. And congrats to him just for making the All-Star game. This is super impressive, and, and we're thrilled to be able to watch him here. Yeah, truly a great outing, and it's terrific to see our guys here and performing well. Yeah, so we'll check in later. All right, we are back at Fraser Field for the bottom of the sixth inning and another Valley Blue Sox all-star, Michael Weidinger, now on the mound for the Blue Sox. Yeah, we also have EJ Kreutzman out in right field. We're still awaiting his first at-bat of the game, but it should be coming to us at the top of the seventh inning. We'll keep you guys updated on that. Yeah, looking forward to seeing what Weidinger can do here. A lefty out of the College of William and Mary. That first pitch is a ball. But last time we left off, the West All-Stars were up 1-0. to Now they're up 4-0. to So pretty impressive there. It's just been an all-around great showing for the Western All-Stars. It just shows the talent that the Valley Blue Sox face on a daily basis in both their division and the, some of the North Division teams that have joined us in the West. Definitely, as there's a 1-2 count on a swinging strike. And like you said, Nick, yeah, I think that that is a testament to the talent of this league in general. And the Blue Sox have had a lot of success against the North Division, not necessarily their own division, but a little bit 
Oh, and there's a fly out there. But there's, there's the first out of the inning for Widinger. Yeah. So see if he can go down one, two, three, as Zach Cameron did in the bottom of the second. But as I was saying, the Blue Sox have been very solid against the North Division. A little bit more of a mixed bag in their own division, the West Division. But a lot of talent there and very impressive that the Blue Sox are 20-16-2 and two right now. Definitely. David, what are some of your takeaways from the All-Star game being a fan? I know it's a little different going from working behind the scenes to being a spectator in a stadium. Yeah, I think I think it's just a bit of a testament to how much talent there is. We were talking about it a bit earlier, but there is so much talent here. And one, one thing I like about the NECBL is it really touches on those D2 and D3 guys that you don't see as much national coverage in the you know, from an ESPN or something like that, that really covers a lot of D1, and that's about it. But even on the Blue Sox, Zach Cameron, Michael Weidinger, and even EJ Kreutzman being from Columbia, a lot of players that, that wouldn't necessarily get a chance to shine on the national scale, but to be in the NECBL here is great for them. As that and now they're all all-stars. As that ball has popped up in foul territory and will be caught by the first baseman for the second out for Widinger. Yeah, so Widinger, two quick outs there, also wearing number 35. We're used to seeing him wear 26. I, I was looking for him in the home run derby. I was like, where is he? I was looking for the 26 with the Blue Sox hat. Couldn't find him. Realized he was wearing number 35. So. The all-star game is a little bit different. Some players will have the same numbers and will need to interchange numbers or wear different numbers and you know it's just it's just a fun time yeah it is Weininger with a really great caper nine so far hasn't gotten a strikeout yet but that is a first pitch strike to the third batter of the inning I think we also forgot to mention David you almost got hit by a foul ball a couple innings ago I I did yeah (laughs) um I wasn't uh, admittedly I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention I was scrolling through Twitter (laughs) foul ball came right to my left side uh if i moved over a few inches i probably would have got smacked in the head but no we're all good thankfully our team journalist lives to see another day (laughs) (laughs) that is an zero and two count right there with two outs so see if widinger can get his first strikeout of this all-star game that would strike out the side as well with two outs and there that's a called strike three so Widinger, a 1-2-3 inning, as we saw with Zach Cameron, the Blue Sox pitchers looking great. Yeah, it was a great outing for Widinger, and we look forward to seeing E.J. Kreutzman's first at-bat. Yeah, should be coming up either in the top of the seventh or later in this game, but we will bring that to you as well. All right, and stepping up to the plate for the first time today is the final Valley Blue Sox all-star, the right fielder number seven, E.J. Kreutzman. Yeah, we finally get to see a Valley Blue Sox get some action at the plate as a hitter. Yeah, Kreutzman has been great all year round as he takes strike one there. But Should be an interesting at-bat with runners on the corners for him. Yeah, see if Kreutzman can get an RBI as he's been accustomed to all year round, really being that clutch hitter in the middle of the Blue Sox lineup. Yeah, definitely. It looks like he has a great chance to knock one or two runs in. Yeah, as we're checking in in the top of the seventh, the West All-Stars still lead four to nothing as Kreutzman will swing at a strike. So that is a one and two count. As the scoreboard says, one and one. However, it is a one and two count. A <laughs> little bit delayed there on the scoreboard, but we got your back, don't worry. And that is outside 
for Ball. Two and two. Potentially a two and one count as the scoreboard still does not have two strikes. But I, I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> two and two. We could be wrong here, but here's another pitch. And that's a ball, so full count here. Some good plate vision here for EJ's first at-bat of the All-Star game. Yeah, definitely. We'll see if he comes around again in the order, but this is his first at-bat in the top of the seventh. As it looks and like the scoreboard is wrong, it is now a 3-2 and two count. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, I'm pretty sure that was four balls, but I guess it's 3-2 and two now. As Kreutzmann takes ball four and will walk <laughs> to load the bases. That might have been ball five. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what just happened. I'm pretty sure we both saw three balls before that. But, hey, Kreutzmann is on. We did see that Kreutzmann has a great eye at the plate, which he has had all season. And even if he did take four balls or five <laughs> balls, he is still on first base, ready to potentially score with a bases loaded situation. Yeah, bases loaded. We'll see if the West All-Stars can expand their lead even further. But, yeah, congrats to Kreutzmann for being an All-Star, being really the, the focal point in the Blue Sox lineup all year round. And we're looking forward to seeing him in the second half of the season as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the All-Star game was definitely a great experience. Me and David did leave a little early. My mom was making dinner as we did go home and you can't miss that home cooking when you get the opportunity but after we did leave ej kreutzman did get a hit in the game and i believe the western all-stars won five to one yeah yep the western all-stars did win five to one which is really cool for us probably not as cool for the navigators fans <laughs> from the east of the East all-stars there but certainly happy that the west division or the west all-stars got the win there yeah, definitely a big shout out to the Navigators, owners, GM, and interns for putting on a great show there at Historic Fraser Field. It was definitely a great time, and it looked that all the fans and players would agree with me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was a great atmosphere there. It was a super fun time just to be able to go there. And, and shout out to Nick for letting me stay at his house and enjoy his mom's home cooking there as well. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a good time. Yeah, but... uh other than that, we can transition into the long-awaited Freitas fan forecast. Freitas fan forecast. Looking into the end of the season, we do have some makeup games from the rain delay against Keene on Sunday the 16th. We're looking at a Sunday, July 30th makeup date at 1 p.m. currently. The game sits at. That is subject to change. However, just keep that on your radar. And other than that, we're really excited to hopefully look towards the playoffs on July 31st. Yeah, definitely. So the end of the season is quickly approaching, and the Blue Sox are in a great position to make a playoff run. So hopefully next time we'll be talking about potential playoff matchups there. Uh, we'll probably check in right before the playoffs, so probably next Sunday will be the next episode just previewing what's to come next. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so looking forward to it. Thanks for listening, and stick with us for next time. Thanks.